Hi everyone and welcome to Midlife Film Catch-Up. This is a podcast about films. Myself and my friend here. Do you want to introduce Hello, yourself, Chris? Hello, yeah, my name's Chris. Nice to meet you all. This is very much a, uh, a work in progress, so we, we will get um, slicker as the weeks go by. And every week we're going to talk about a different film. Each film will be released on a year of our lives, a year that, a year since we were born. So we're starting on the year Chris was born, which is 1983. Um, I was born in 1982. Okay, D- due to a, a clerical error, um, we're, we're, we're starting the year after Chris was born, 1983. Basically, but... what has happened is if... Like we said, if we're going to choose a film from 1982, which was a year I was born, then we'd have to delay the recording by another week to allow Sam to watch the film. Yeah, it, it was. I, I mean, that was that was your fault for for <laughs> leaving it quite last minute to watch this week's film, wasn't uh, it? It is, but I've got a 14 month old. Fair doings. You, that's, I mean, well, that's, it, that's a spoiler. That's a spoiler alert for the listeners right. because it's a. That's. Um, I'm not using that as like a get out of jail free card. Um, you know, yeah, I do sometimes. The long and short of it is different film every week. The films aren't necessarily connected, um, but they will be sequentially connected, starting 1983 and. Next week's film will be 1984. The, the year. The, the, the year, yeah, not the film. The these, film. These aren't the films. And they have to titles. be films that we've never seen before. And we... The films that we've never seen before, the films that are, I'm going to say, not, not obvious films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, films we've not seen before, not, not too obvious. Yeah, so none of your... Um, none of... Well, yeah, let me give you examples. Oscars, nineteen eighty-three. Mm-hmm. Do you know the winners? Um, nineteen eighty-three. Well, yeah, I I, I, I know who won Best Director. It was Bill Forsyth. Is, is is that right? Have I got that wrong? I think you got that wrong. I think I, I think uh, Gandhi won. <laughs> Best Gandhi won Best Director. I thought he passed away by then. <laughs> yeah, the film, the film Gandhi, starring Ben Ben well, Kingsley. You read a huge book about Gandhi when we lived together. I've read the. I've read yeah. I've read some of a huge book yeah. written by Gandhi himself about Gandhi, written by Gandhi about Gandhi. Yeah, they're autobiographies. They're and called. you said that there's some dodgy stuff in there about him. But we won't go into yeah, that. Yeah, but th- this isn't a film about Gandhi. You know, that's that's a different project. Okay, okay. Um. So this week, 1983. Yeah, have you, so you've told the listeners that there's been the clerical error and we're not starting. So what was the year of your birth? next year 1984 and my birth 1982 yes so you're one years old yeah 
but also... I mean, you're still probably measuring it in months by this point, won't you? Well, I'm just thinking, like, if 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 we just exist within the confines of this podcast, then technically I've never been born. So, I'm, you know, I'm not alive. Yeah. Like that, what, that, that's, that's the worst case scenario. Like, the best case scenario is that I've just been denied my birthright, which is to choose a film for the the year I was born for this podcast. No, That's listen, it's, it's a clear, yeah. What I'm saying is, you're born, you haven't got a birth certificate. Yeah, you'll yeah. be you'll you'll be choosing next week's film. To, yeah, to mix, I'll be choosing. Next, mix we're we're going to take in turns to choose next week's film, but next week's film, I'll be two by then. So that'll be 1984, and I still won't have been given my birthright, which is to choose a film on the year I was born because of because we had to start recording this week. I mean, all, all things being for. all things being equal, I would have chosen next week's film because it's the year of my my birth. But you know, so I've denied I've denied can, that to you. You've denied my birthright. Um, but you know, yeah. that's the lesson one of uh, of midlife film catch up. Not yeah, everything's perfect. It's not not every. You've got to play with the hand that you're dealt. You do, and I think it. While we, I think whilst we're here, we should address the name of the podcast, uh, which is, you know, at this stage, at this middle age stage of most men's lives, they would be making some pretty tough decisions or having a crisis or thinking very deeply about their lives. But we've Absolutely. But it seems like we've chosen to just try and catch up on even more pop culture and cram that into our lives. So are we just like papering over the cracks a little bit? Well, I see it differently, Chris, because yeah. I, I see it. So we've known each other. How long have we known each other? Since, seven? Well, seven years. I'd say it was um, probably about 10. You know what? Ten years. It, it might be exactly ten years. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. it, I think I think it's nine years. You know. Yeah. Oh no, it might be ten years. I think it's anyway. ten. Yeah. Um, and I don't. I wouldn't confidently be able to say that Chris lived in this place in, you know, nineteen ninety-two. Right. Which, I, I like to be able to do that with all my friends. In which place are we talking about? Yeah, I, I'm saying that for for all my friends, I can say nineteen ninety-two. Mm-hmm. You know, Rob Tibbetts lived in yeah. Franz yeah. Burton. Right. <laughs> you know, 1992, yeah. James Cundall lived in Franz Burton. Where was Simon? I can, what I about can... Simon Kelly? Yeah, more difficult because yeah. he, he he moved around a lot. What about Norm? But what I'm, what I'm saying is, right. Franz Burton, yeah. what I'm saying is this is an opportunity to get to know each other more. Uh, it's yeah. A, you yeah, know, yeah, it's yeah. a midlife film catch-up. Right, yeah. It's a catch. Oh, it's so a catch up. Like, it's a, like it, in terms of it, just catching up on films. We're also catching up with each other. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This week's film is the 1983 film Local Hero. It was directed by Bill Forsyth. Mm. Producer was David Putnam. Mm. It stars. Who's it star? Um, 
<laughs> well, Peter Rygert. Peter Rygert. Yeah. Bet Lancaster. Yeah. Peter Capaldi. Yeah. So this is my choice. Um, never seen it before. It's been a film that has been repeatedly Men- um, recommended to me. Yeah. Um, and I've always felt like I'm, you know, I'm going to like this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a film that in my mind I get mixed up with um, the film Being There. Have you seen that? Uh, yeah, I've seen that. Is that Hal Ashby? Is it? Is it got what's his name in it? It's Hal Ashby. Peter Sellers. It's Peter Sellers. Yeah, 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 yeah. So for a long time, I think I thought I'd seen Local Hero when I'd actually seen being there and that's funnily enough i used to think i'd seen local hero when i'd seen a film called accidental hero with dustin hoffman i think who saves people from a there's a plane crash and he drags people out of the plane crash and he becomes an accidental hero right okay similar time Um, release it was uh i think this was more early 90s yeah yes so yeah so when I put this film on yesterday, Local Hero, I was expecting to see Dustin Hoffman. And I kept waiting for him oh, to come on screen. Yeah. Right. But, it, wow. but it, the main character is Peter Rygert. Rygert. And yeah, Rygert. Do you know where I realised we've seen him before? Uh, I I just realised now that he's um, assemble, Assemblyman Zellweger. Zell, Zellweger? Something like that. In The Sopranos. Yeah. He's also in Succession. Yeah, is he? He's also in Seinfeld. Oh, wow. Wow. This guy's, this guy's been everywhere. He's done it good all. stuff then. I mean... He, but in Local... Yeah, go on. In Local Hero, he plays Mac. Yeah. Mac is uh, a junior executive of Knox Oil. Mm-hmm. Knox Oil is a Dallas... Based oil oil company that is looking to Houston, te- buy. Houston Texas, Houston Texas, yeah. Houston Texas oil company. Um, he's sent by Bert Lancaster's character mm-hmm. to um, negotiate this the the buy the buying of a small Scottish coastal town, a picturesque, beautiful. Scottish coastal town, mm-hmm. and uh, that's when the, the adventure begins. The adventure begins, hijinks, shenanigans, fish out of water. Would you say? Would you call it fish out of water? What can you? Uh, yeah, he could. He could call it fish out of water. Yeah, yeah. Is it is it um, sensible to try and pin down a genre? I think. I think what an interesting thing about his film is. There's almost no way to describe it without it sound. It's one of those films that sounds a bit rubbish, no matter how mm-hmm. you describe it. You know, in 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 a brief synopsis, not not over the course of a half hour podcast. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I so opening shot. The, the main character Mac. His name is that's probably he. he what's his full name? McIntyre. McIntosh. Yeah, something McIntyre. Michael McIntyre. Want... <laughs> it's not Michael McIntyre. It's something like um... McIntyre, right? 
Yeah. He's an American and he opening That's obvious straight away, isn't it? He's in he's in the um he's in the open open top car. He's in an open top white Porsche on the freeway in Texas. And uh, yeah, that opening not... shot says it all for me. Hot shot. Um, 80s, 1980s, yeah, 1983, of course. Um, and uh, and he's a bit of a lech in some ways, a bit, a bit shallow. Yeah. But also, it... also, but you feel like he's trying to connect with women because he wants, because he's lonely. Not just. Well, yeah, you immediately know that he's he's uh, in the midst of a separation, if not a divorce. Yeah, exactly. Um, but he's, you know, in some ways he's got it all. In some ways he's got nothing. That's what I say about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very, yeah, very astute. I mean, um, at this yeah. point, do we want to do we want to um, give each other our quick thoughts? <laughs> no, our ratings of the film. What what we thought of the yeah. film? Because we, I, I have no idea if you liked it. You have no idea if I liked exactly. it. Exactly. Let's dive in. I loved it. Right. What did you think? Right. Do you know what? I loved it as well. I Brilliant. did. Um, the, the first ten minutes, I was getting quite frustrated, and I was like, "This mm. is really wacky, hokey, like." Uh, a bit madcap, zany, um, and funny you should say that. Can I just stop you there, yeah. Chris? Because um, in the in the documentary, uh, the making of local hero that's on uh, YouTube, Putman D- David Putman, the uh, executive producer, repeatedly says that what he wanted to do with local hero is make a gentle comedy. Right. He said that it felt like comedy had been. Um, co-opted by the Americans and it had become something zany. He used the word zany. That's what mm. made me think of it mm. then when he said the word zany. And he wanted something. He wanted a gentle comedy. Great, great. Well, it at the first it, it was in danger of being zany in some bits, but it was a gentle comedy. And I just thought the script writing was really lovely because it wasn't revealing. It didn't. It wasn't throwing everything out that there was just offering little nuggets of information, dropping little, I'm going very metaphorical, dropping little breadcrumbs as it went along, very short bits of dialogue, very short scenes, all just layering on top of each other and uh, little bits of ambiguity here and there. And 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 then by the end, you really know these characters and it's nice. Do you think it's quite like, a frustrating film at the beginning. It's it's paced quite slowly, isn't it? And I think, I think I was worried early on that this this isn't going to be for me. I, mm. I I couldn't quite get into it. I couldn't quite get like uh, on a wavelength of the of the comedy. I mean, I, I I'll be honest. I don't think it's a. I wouldn't describe it as a a hilarious film. No. I think it's more. It kind of just brings you into the atmosphere of it. I think it's really a, a really immersive film. Yeah. It's no, um, it's no step brothers with Will Ferrell. It's not, it's not. And John C. Riley. Or yeah, it's no... the wedding crashes with Vince it's not, Vaughan. Um, dude, where's my car? It's, is it's it? no it's not dude, Latin. where's it's my car knows. with Ashton Kutcher. Kutcher. And Sean something. 
Sean William Scott. Yeah. It's no um it's no short circuit. It's no it's not it's no short circuit circuit. And but probably you know, made at a similar time, so it could it could have. It could have I been. mean, maybe what Putman maybe Putman had short circuit in his mind when he's saying, "Yeah, listen, it's getting too it's getting too zany out there." Yeah, but no, it was. Well, late, it late was. Uh, we, do you want to list a few more films? That it's not well. Just if there was a robot on the island, it could have very easily turned into short circuit, but they didn't. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, I that's, don't want to list that's, any more great comedies, madcap laugh out loud comedies but yeah you're right it was very gentle and it um and but also it had a strong emotional element to it so it didn't have to be out and out comedy um and watching it you you so like when you first start watching it like oh another film where someone someone a bit cutthroat capitalistic goes to a local village and then is slowly won over by the the kooky locals you're like oh another film like this i've seen this loads but then actually yeah. actually like a lot of those films have been made since local hero and are just right mimicking that probably well my expectation was definitely that the locals were going to put up a hard resistance against the yeah. selling of but they were like bang into it straight away they, yeah. they wanted it to be sold yeah um which I thought was a, you know, that is that is a funny twist on it. I think, isn't it? Yeah, it was refreshing. Like, yeah, nothing went the way you thought it's going to go. Really. Yes. For a lot of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. What did you think? Speaking of Zany, what did you think of the Moritz, um, sub sub story? Um, which character was Moritz? M- Moritz was his, um Bert Lancaster's um psychiatrist guy. Yeah, therapist. yeah. So 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 all the zaniness and kookiness can be comes from that character but lancaster and mm. and and then and his therapist as well which is off the wall madcap sort of stuff um that that um was threatening to boil over into a silliness but but it was quite funny just how abusive his therapist was so, so we yeah. should explain. Bert Lancaster was paid two million to do this film, which was a third of the film's budget. I found wow. out. And Bert, Lan- yeah. and Bert Lancaster plays the head of the oil company in Texas, who sends McIntyre to this Scottish island to to buy the village. And Bert Lancaster, the head of the oil company, has a therapist called Moritz and the therapist basically just abuses this um this head of this huge you know this billionaire head of this oil company his therapist this other fella just like it's very sadomasochistic he just constantly like swearing at him and calling their names and belittling him and stuff as part of his therapy but but Lancaster's not into it, is he? He's like he just wants him to stop. He just wants him to go away. Yeah, um, that was quite. I thought it was quite funny actually. It, well, yeah, yeah, it was. I, I, the, the the more it went on and the bigger it got, the 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 more I thought it was funny. But with the, like the astrology stuff, I don't know if you yeah if you count that as the wacky no, zany I, I, element. I do, but... I do, because it was so obvious 
that that was how the film was going to be saved, how the village was going to be saved. Got to go on. Tell, um, yeah, I mean, there's going to be spoilers in this. Yeah. The the way that I would I envisage people listening to this podcast is they've seen the film. Yeah. Spoilers are fair game. Yeah, I mean, I won't. I mean, it's not so much of a spoiler because you know from the first or second scene that the head of this oil company is really into astrology and stuff, and he says to McIntyre, I'm sending you to this Scottish island to buy it, um, but also if you see any comets or any interesting things in the sky, then let me know. And then you're thinking, oh, that's a bit of a, you're thinking that's a bit of a get out clause for saving the island, you know, what if, mm-hmm. what if this, the head of the company finds out something interesting about it. But I think there's something in that. I think there was like a, um, a theme motif yeah. of the film yeah. about everything being connected. And I think, you know, it was all being under the same sky, seeing the same, constellations and that kind of thing. I think there's something in that. Yeah. Along with talking about the North Atlantic drift and how things are washed up on the beach from, um, I can't remember the countries that they said, Canada and the, the Caribbean, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Globalization, Chris. Yeah. I'd say is hot topic. A, a, well, a, a, a theme of the, a theme of the, um, of the film. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. Eighty three, you know, it was it was a hot topic in eighty three. It was, it was, yeah, and and I like your use of the word motifs there. Um, yeah, yeah. Like it, I I agree. It was a nice mo- motif. There's something about looking up to the sky. Yeah, we like as you said, we all share the same sky. Which the is cribs. a song by the Cribs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is. You know, not, you know, they they wouldn't have known that back then, but that now it's a nice reference point, isn't it? The, the cribs wouldn't have known that. No, the the writer uh, Bill Forsyth wouldn't have known the title. We all share the same skies, which isn't yeah. even in the film. Yeah, he is, he uh, wouldn't have known the song title. He Bill Forsyth, the writer and director of his film, wouldn't have known that two young lads. From Sunderland, Wakefield. Wake, Wakefield. Wakefield were watching his film as young scrappers, and yep. were inspired to go away and write a song called "We Share the Same Skies." Uh, so you're saying that they were directly inspired by? I mean, it's conjecture. It's yes, yes, it's, it's conjecture. Is, yeah, is that but right? it would, you know, that, yeah. You're one years old at this point, nine eighty-three. I'm yet to be born. It'd be interesting to know what the German brothers well, were. The German brothers were. Which German brothers? Derek. The the no, sorry, the uh, the guys from the cribs were the German oh, German right. brothers. Okay, okay. Are they any relation yeah. to Derek German? Probably not. Uh, remind Probably. me who Derek German is. He's a he was a film director. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um. No. Yeah. No relation. Um. But back onto motifs. Yeah. Um, what did you make of the two things that two things, the motorbike that kept um, whizzing around the village? Yeah, yeah, and the fact that there's like like um, an air raid target ground next to the town, so yeah. there's, there's all bomber planes going over, dropping, dropping bombs. bombs. On the beach. 
as a as a as a motive. filmmaker. What do you think of that? <laughs> that that's it's generous to call me a filmmaker. Um, I think I liked, yeah, I liked the motif of the motorbike because whenever they were stepping out from the pub from the hotel into the street, they had to watch out because this little scooter would zoom past them, and it would either be going one direction or the other. And uh, that, yeah, that that was a nice motif, wouldn't it? Just like I suppose it was at odds with the kind of gen- gentility of the uh, yeah the, the rest of the film. Uh, we must mention um, the brilliant um, score by by your friend of mine, Mark Mark Knopfler. Yeah, Mark Knopfler. Yeah, good mate. Yeah. So I think that really, yeah, that sort of brought you out of that reverie, didn't it? That the yeah. the beautiful cinematography, the mm. the Knopfler sc- score. Yeah. Um, Cinematography, I give it nine out of ten. Wow. Uh, okay. Pretty poor when they were in Texas and everything, but once they got to the island, you know what they did with the sky and the beach, lovely, very nice. Yeah. Um, the score by Mark Nofola, I would give. I'd give that. I'd give that a nine out of ten as well. Um, okay. Well, in, little um, fact for you here: mm-hmm. the uh, soundtrack sold more copies than the film. Wow! Wow, we. Another fact, yeah. to... is it? Well, I've got a fact as well. You, you okay. go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if I, I wonder if we've got our facts from the same source, but maybe my fact is, um, this was once Al Gore's favorite film. Ah, wow, no, I, I didn't know that. Um, and you can see why, can't you? Because the Al... director yeah. of um, An Inconvenient Truth, yeah. which is all about. Global warming. Global warming. Yeah. Global warming. Different hot. Not, different yeah. but equally hot. Yeah. No, the different I got my facts from a source called uh, Wikipedia, I think, and and okay. it said that um, Mark Knopfler used to play the theme. Sometimes used to play the theme from Local Hero during his encores. That is a good fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. So it, it must have been big news for. So I, I'm wondering now. You were one years old. I was. I was yet to be born. Well, I've, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm yet to be born. If we're starting in 1983. In this pod, in the in the confines of this podcast. Well, yeah. Okay, but in reality. In reality, you're I'm one years I'm, old. Yeah. Okay. Yet to be born. Yeah. Um. The Jarman brothers from the Cribs. Yeah. 
open to I, I, conjecture. Well, let, let, let's let's look up when they were born. Uh, but it, it would also be good to know what it, at what point in his career Nofla was at. What was Dire Straits? I think I, I think I think Dire Straits was already successful at that point. I would have thought they would be at the peak of the powers, wouldn't they? Nineteen eighty-three, yeah, probably. Money for nothing. Um, Indeed, yeah. So Gary Jarman, born twentieth of October, nineteen eighty. Okay. And so he'd be a good three years old. You'd, you'd say then, wouldn't you? Ryan Jarman, yeah, was born on the twentieth of October, nineteen eighty. Right, Tw- twins. Yeah, and Ross Jarman, cousin. Cousin. Uh, twenty, I think, twenty second of September, nineteen eighty four. So he wasn't born yet. So Ryan and Gary Jarman from the Cribs would have been three when they were watching this film, and they got the idea for um, we share the same skies. Probably thirty years. Thirty years later. 20, good 25 years later. Yeah, probably roasted it 25 years later. But that's the staying power of it, I guess. Yeah, you got to give credit to Bill Forsyth for that, haven't you? Yeah, you do. Bill Forsyth so wrote who, Gregory's Girl. Yeah, and the, who's the guy? Who was the guy from Gregory's Girl who was in the band? Something. John Paul Sinclair or something. Yeah, well, I mean, we don't need to look. But there's, yeah, yeah. there's... I'd like to um I'd like to mention the song that the Russian man sings. Okay, I thought yeah. that was incredible. The Lone Star State, is it was it called? Um Yeah. It was kind of in the style of a Scottish folk song. Mm-hmm. Um but I think it must have been like a country and western song by the sounds of it or a, or an American I, folk I got song. a country and western sort of Bob Dylan mm. feel from from it. Yeah, I really that was that was a highlight for me. Was it? Was it? Yeah, I found the Russian a bit too big. Too, too, big, a too big a character. He just came in out of nowhere, and I thought, "Oh, how's he going to change the story?" But I guess he he just added to it. He's just another strange character. The, it, there's an interesting thing there, isn't there? Like you'd maybe expect at that point in time, a, an American, a Russian, they'd be they'd be at loggerheads. Mm-hmm. But um, what they point out in this documentary is there's absolutely no antagonism in in this film whatsoever there's no aggression mm-hmm. there's no kind of there's there's a little bit at the end where there's like the baying mob because of ben mm-hmm. the guy who lives on the beach isn't moving and that's gonna yeah. scupper the sail mm-hmm. that's the only thing that's the only bit that you get close to mm-hmm. any sort of aggression in the whole film which is yeah very very unusual isn't it that, yeah that's a good point i thought that like the owner of the hotel who's kind of the in unofficial leader of the village i thought he mm. was going to be the the villain the antagonist yeah uh yeah but he turned out to be a, a good mate as well in the end yeah yeah the the um they have a drink together and he's he's actually he seems like a slime ball but he's, he's actually all right isn't he yeah yeah so in in the um documentary that i saw they they say how long the film the running time of the film was originally and how they had to cut it down um, and there's a little, there's a bit bef- when Mac is due to leave that they have a conversation between Mac and the landlord about um, going to say goodbye to his his wife um, and and 
Mac does say that he loves his wife as well, doesn't he, when they're having a drink together? Yeah. So maybe maybe it's just that, but it felt like there was more to that story than maybe we, we saw. Thoughts? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, maybe they cut a bit of that. Yeah, they, they might have cut some, like, development between Mac and the wife mm-hmm. characters. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I felt that, but then I, but I didn't feel anything was lacking. I, I, I like from that. I just thought, I just thought that oh, they've grown, they've all grown to really like each other. These three characters. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. absolutely, yeah, and I think that scene with the, with the dance and the the music and that, I think that was that was very much a turning point of you know Mac was had his feet under the table by that point and had. Fallen head over heels for the for the little town, hadn't he? Yeah. Um, Macin- McIntyre. What what we haven't uh, who we haven't mentioned is um, mm. Doctor Who him, himself. Yeah. The thick of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Peter Capaldi. What's his name? Peter Capaldi. Not. Yeah. Um, refreshing. Well, refreshing. yeah. Polar, yeah. polar um, opposite to his uh, character in the thick of it, wasn't it? Exactly, exactly. Guy's got range. Like, exactly. I've, I, I've, ne- I don't watch any of the, um, the Doctor Who stuff, unfortunately. Um, so, but I have seen a couple of episodes of the thick of it. Mm-hmm. Probably, probably about three episodes, and you know he's very angry. Very angry. Yeah. A very funny, very funny actor. Um. And he was like the uh, yeah, as you said, the complete opposite in this. Yeah, and very very likable and very, very funny. Yeah. What um, do you think he added in terms of the story arc? His character. Um. Well, I guess his character's story arc came to a climax when the love interest that he'd been pursuing, he found out she had webbed feet. And it was about, and then there was a, there was a couple of scenes went on where they're not together and you're thinking, oh, he, they've, he's, 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 um, he's pied her off. Right, okay. Is that, is that what they, they were doing got, with that? they got back together. So, right. And what does that Which bring to the, what does that bring to the whole Shallow men are yeah. shallow. Is that well? Him and men the main guy are quite shallow at the beginning, and yes. then um, Peter Capaldi's pursuing this kind of um, attractive scientist. Mm-hmm. She's like something out of a, like a Bond film sort of character, and what an environmentalist. Uh, yeah, Important. well, just like a just like someone you know, like in James Bond, there might be like a. A woman who's a scientist, but then she undoes her, takes it, puts her hair down, and she's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And she goes scuba diving a lot. So yeah, you think of James. But I think she was she was like a a moral compass for the whole thing as well, wasn't she? Because she, yeah, she had some sort of link with the oil company, but she was thinking that it should be a research base rather than an oil refri- refinery. That's what they should be yeah. using that bay for. Yeah, and I think everyone kind of slowly came around to that way of thinking through um, 
yeah. during the course of but, the film. But but Doctor but Peter Capaldi yeah. is <laughs> kissing her leg. Right. Uh they're having a picnic. And yeah. then he keeps kissing his way down to her feet and then he sees we see and he sees she's got webbed feet and she well, smiles well i thought that was a cut, um and then cut yeah yeah cut, cut. <laughs> yeah cut. No, to the next scene cut there, yeah. 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 um yeah. but i thought that was a reference to uh the seals and the fact that fishermen thought <laughs> the seals were mermaids <laughs> Oh, right, yeah, that was. I see. Well, yeah, that was mentioned, wasn't it? But then uh, now I'm thinking that, yeah. that doesn't really. The 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 two don't really link, do they? No. I think I think because in the trailer for the film, I saw that bit at the end. Do you know the bit at the end when she swims below the sea? Yeah, I saw that in the trailer, and I thought, and and in the trailer they had that line about the mermaids, so it made it look like yeah. she was a mermaid. So I think I was expecting her. To, to be a mermaid. To be a mermaid, yeah. And I thought that uh, oh yeah, here we go. She's got web feet, she's she's becoming a mermaid. But that would have been a if a Yeah, thing, if if this was a Dino de Laurentiis film, they would have made her a mermaid as well, just for good measure. Right. Because because the film Splash. Okay. With, with Daryl Hannah made some he, like he was an Italian producer who just um followed trends. Okay, well so he did he do? I'm trying to think, uh, is it Flash Gordon? So did he do um, Splash because he no. was following a trend of The Little Mermaid? No, I don't think he did Splash. But um, but he would have said, hey, Splash made loads of money. I like your script for Local Hero. Splash made loads of money. Can you just make the scientist a mermaid just for good measure? Right. Well, you know. He just would, he just would have thrown that in there. Yeah, that that's not for, uh, Forsyth style, is it? Bill, I don't know about no, him. not not Bill, not Bill fourth size style at Bruce. all. But to get back to it, we thought that was just an interesting moment because it cut after he saw her webbed feet, and then and then you think, oh, he's shallow, so he's not going to pursue her anymore. Right. Okay. And the next couple of scenes, they weren't together, and you thought, oh, he's he's just dumped her or something. But then they they were back together again at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Night. No, it, it was. So, a, that was a nice bit of character development. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well. Yeah. Um, Shall we wrap it up? Let's wrap it up and talk about what, what we're going to we watch this week. Well, uh, we we need to ask the most important question of the podcast. What would you do in Max position? Well, there's there's two questions. What would you do in the main character's position? Yeah. And you said you wanted to talk about what our lives were like back in 1983. Okay, yes, yes, yeah. Um, so if I were... I mean, I haven't actually thought about this, but if I was Mac um, yeah. sent by Knox Oil to buy that Scottish town, mm-hmm. I, would have done the, I, would have, I would have done the deal. <laughs> I think I'm yeah. a good... Yeah, salesman. Yeah, and you and you're consci- you're a conscientious worker. Conscientious work. I'm a company man. Yeah. Um. Obviously, there was the um the the man from on the buses stood in the the way, didn't he? 
Is he is he from um, Omnibuses or yeah, um, Dad's well, Army? Porridge. He was from Porridge. Porridge, Porridge, Porridge. Yeah. Yeah, he's a prison guard in Cob- Porridge. Uh, what was he called? Cobber. Mackay. 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 Is real name. Always called in Porridge. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so the guy from anyway. Porridge. Yeah, I think um, you would have done the deal. But what I'd have to do, I, I would have had to deal with the guy from Porridge who lives in the shack on the beach. Um, what I think I would have done is um, <laughs> maybe just. Um, actually, yeah, I can see yeah. how Mac had a problem there. I can see how it was difficult. Maybe but I would have saying... like said, "Listen, there's a there's a rule for you in a, a sitcom with uh, Ronnie Barker. He'd have asked who Ronnie <laughs> Barker is. I said, you know, the two Ronnies. That'll be a way to get him to sell up and move out, move off the island. But yeah. your motto is is ABC. Always be closing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Mac could have uh, con- consummate salesman. Could have. So, what would you have done if you were Mac? If I was Mac. In that situation, I would have um, I would have gone to the island and what island? Defended Furness. Yeah, yeah. The, the fictional island of Furness, where the film is set. Befriended the locals whilst trying to move the deal along. Mm-hmm. And this has just made me think of something, actually. Oh yeah. There was there was no crisis of conscience for the main character in this film. He didn't at any point say we shouldn't be doing this. He just actually passively let the boss of the oil company fly over, and the boss saved the day just by doing things on a whim. But was his crisis of conf- conscience not um, the fact that he he realised how rich the lives of the Scottish people were? even though they weren't materially as wealthy as he was. So he was thinking, well, okay, we're making these guys rich, but what does that actually mean? Yeah, he, yeah, it, it really, yeah, his personal, it really, yeah, it, it changed him, his inner self somehow, didn't it? But he didn't actually at any point try and do anything good, like like a good action to stop the sale or anything. No, no, he right. Just stood by no. And let, let things happen. Um, but yeah, um, so what would I do if I was Mac? I, I know I probably would have visited the mainland, um, go to a distillery or something, whiskey. Yeah, yeah, no, whiskey. That would be good. Uh, nice, yeah. If it was if it was August, you could try and catch the fringe in Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I... or um, you could go, you could go up to the Highlands or something, mm-hmm. do some hiking or something. Yeah. Or, would not wouldn't be a good short film. Words, wouldn't be a good film, that would it? It wouldn't really, and it doesn't really answer the question of the film local hero. That's more of just no. what you would do if you went to Scotland. Yeah, just thinking what I would have done as the main character. You know. Yeah. I mean, because if I was from Texas, I'd want to get some souvenirs and stuff like that. N- yeah. No, well, he did. He got he short, um, He started being a beach I guess. cut. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he started uh, getting those bits and pieces off the beach, and he got razor so, clams. Is that he what got it? some razor clams? He did, yeah. He got razor clams. He got some shells. Yeah, I would have tried. I would have gone. Yeah, I would have tried to go. I'd probably try and attend some some kind of Burns night poetry reading or something. 
yeah 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 no that's good um yeah. and in terms of uh so me i wasn't so yeah my family would have moved to um the village of brands burton and they would have probably said you know let's, in 1983 yeah let's let's have uh let's have and another what one your, what are your parents names peter and uh jennifer yeah so they will have moved to brands burton i think they moved in 1983 they might have moved in 1982 yeah. Okay. And things are just getting started for them. Well, the, my brother was already my brother was born uh 80, 82, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. How about you? So 983 I would have been you know, let's let's say I've been born. I have been born. I was like in real life I was born 983. So yeah. 983 I would have been one watching this film yeah so what would i have done as the main character when i was one yeah i mean you don't we don't have to conflate those two don't have to mix those two things up no 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 i mean i mean i'm just trying to think my my son is 14 months so that's close to a year old well that is interesting isn't it yeah it is interesting and all he can really say is this right okay and while we yeah at you yeah. And and but mainly this. This. And does yeah. that mean this? Yeah. That means this. Right, okay. So it, it doesn't mean disrespect. No, no, not disrespect not disrespecting people, not dissing. But I so back in nineteen eighty three I would have been saying probably similar words to that. Yeah. yeah. Potentially. There was a baby I, in the film, if you remember, in a push chair. I do, I do, I do. And when that baby was crying, I thought my son was crying upstairs mm, but he wasn't he wasn't and um Quite no i would have so at, at this point in my life my mum and dad will have moved in together in crosby in liverpool okay to st michael's road in a in a big house they, they were they were cashing checks they 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 were writing checks they couldn't cash uh, okay um, a bit um, like um emotionally a yeah. bit like the you know the villagers off oh emotionally right okay not not material. Uh, uh, well yeah no probably financially as well considering the way things were to turn out but you know that's to be continued yeah um, but um, yeah they were probably living together arguing quite a lot uh, my brother would have been four I would have been one so think things are simmering let's say. Brilliant. Okay. I mean, not yeah. you know, for the, for the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad has probably come home. <laughs> my dad has probably come home with a Binetone computer system. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The game, the game we used to play pong on it. Oh, right. Okay. Early adopter. That. He liked gadgets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, he was probably. I think he had like a Ford Escort or something. Do you think he, li- he likes the flashy stuff? Do you think he would have watched this film, and do you think he would have, um, yeah, related probably. to Mac in the first half of the film? I think he would have definitely related to Mac in the first half of the film, but he would have wanted Mac to just stay the same and be a hotshot, mm. oil person. Do you think your mum would have Whereas related? My mum, yeah. Go ahead to the landlord to, um... yeah. The, la- the landlord accountant. 
man. Yeah, my mum would have related to him mm-hmm. and to the and to the locals. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But you know, um, uh, yeah, things 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 were. Things, things were. We were on thin ice at that point in 1983. I'd say we we're on thin ice. Tin, a tinderbox. A tinderbox was forming in St Michael's Road in Crosby. Okay. So Chris, I've cho- I chose local hero. We loved it. Uh, yeah. Call it an unequivocal success. Yeah, I, I when I first switched on, I thought, oh, inauspicious start, mm-hmm. and then I ended up really enjoying it. And you've told me that you've got options for the next film. Yeah, so um, so we're we're gonna go in chronological order. So next year. It's 1984. Big time. And I looked up some films. And I'll tell you what films we can't watch, because I've already seen them. Okay, shoot. I'll quickly, quickly run through them. Romance in the Stone. Not seen it. Michael Douglas and uh, Kathleen Turner. Once Upon a Time in America. Seen it, yeah. Great film. Sergio, Sergio Leone doing Gangsters in America. Uh, Blood Simple by the Coen Brothers. Oh, wow. Is that that early, yeah? Yeah. Uh, Stranger Than Paradise by Jim Jarmunch. Okay, yeah. Um, what's the famous line from that film? I don't know. I'm thinking of Down sure. by Law. Okay, okay. Temple of Doom with Indiana Jones. Oh, uh, right. One of the Indiana Jones franchise, yeah. Yep. Um, Threads, the BBC film about nuclear war in Sheffield. Starting oh, in, right, okay, yeah. Great. So you've seen this, that? Yeah, I've seen that, seen that. Um, um, and Spinal Tap. Yeah, I noticed that, yeah. I noticed that, yeah. One of the yeah. best films ever made. Films I haven't seen. Go, go and, for it. And the, hopefully you haven't seen from 1984. Um, so we've got Repo Man with Emilio Estevez. Great actor. Are you, are you, are you taking notes yeah. so you can decide got repo man but i mean i get to decide at the end of the day don't i yeah you do yeah 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 okay so we've got repo man with emilio estefaz uh he plays a punk who's told to repossess a car or something uh he repossesses it but there's something uh there's the MacGuffin in the boot you know a plot device uh something in the boot we don't want it don't know what it is hockey stick a hockey stick a very expensive hockey stick that everyone's after. Yeah, you know, to um, ke- he gets chased around by people trying to get this thing from the boot, the trunk. Set up a um, set up an ice hockey team of uh, yeah, of, maybe uh, misfits. It, it it's hinted at in the synopsis that it's it's something alien, whatever is in that in the trunk, uh, is uh, extraterrestrial, sort of extraterrestrial weapon or intelligence or being or something, and it's meant to be. A classic. It's kind of a bit of a gritty, not gritty, silly, but gritty film, and it made the top twenty-five poll, sight and sound top films of nineteen eighty-four, and sight and sound normally pick quite highbrow film choices. That sounds like a nice balance. Then, but this was in there. 
Go on. Yeah. Yeah. But this is in there. Um, uh, so we've got that. We've got the Toxic Avenger. Toxic Avenger. Never heard of it. Which I've always wanted to see. That was in the always in my local video shop. I was always intrigued by it. Wanted to buy it. Um, and it was made by an American production company called uh, Troma Entertainment who produced low-budget B-movies with very campy concepts and gruesome violence. Um, Toxic of Enger was ignored upon release, but then became a successful midnight movie. Um, it's uh, become, and it's gone on to have lots of sequels, a stage musical. And uh, this trauma entertainment, they made uh, their genre was a horror comedy genre. And um, Right, I see. They they uh they had some previous films called uh, Cry Uncle. Yeah, I mean, I don't it's think like, we need to go. go we don't need to go into this level. No, I just thought that was an interesting title. Cry so Uncle. So toxic, yeah. To, yeah, Toxic Avenger. I'd like to see. Um, we've got a film called Meantime, starring Tim Roth and directed by Mike Lee, and it seems like a very gritty film. Mm-hmm looks quite similar in vain to uh, another Mike Lee film called Naked uh, about a, a a young man in London it looks quite hard going to be honest because mm. I found I found that other film quite hard going okay. I mean really good and impactful but yeah um, another, a film with Albert Finney called Under the Volcano which is meant to be a bit of a classic. Uh, based on the Malcolm Lowry book. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who the author is. It's from uh, The but... World. Oh, really? Okay. I'm not saying in Mexico. Uh, well, this film is set, I think, set in maybe Mexico, Mexico. or somewhere. That's right, yeah. Uh, and um, Albert Finney plays an alcoholic diplomat, mm. I think, working for the British government, and it's set on the eve of World War Two. And it's meant to be quite a strange, psychedelic day in the life of sort of film. Yeah. Uh, strange, and it's meant to be really good. Um, another film that is connected to this by the same director, maybe? No, same producer, David Putnam, produced a film called The Killing Fields. That was made in 1984. Uh-huh. And that was... Um, that was... Yeah, same producer, and it's about Cambodia, Pol, Pol Pot's regime. Uh, looks like a, a really good film about mm. horrible subject matter, but looks uh, like it would be quite a gripping watch. Um, then you've got a film called 1984, which was actually made in 1984 and released then. Right, that's clever, isn't it? I see what they've clever done. Clever stuff that you see what they've done, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The marketing boys and, had a field day. And would I be I'm, right in thinking that it's based on a novel of the same name? Based on yeah, based on the novel by Eric Blair, aka Yeah, uh, George George Orwell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um Good. Yeah, I'd Good like knowledge. to see that film, but but we have just watched me and my girlfriend have just watched five series of um the Handmaid's Tale. So I think I'm a bit through with that sort of genre. Dystop- dystopia. Dystopian, yeah. And then we've got Love Streams. 
by John Cassavetes. Ooh, Cassavetes. And it's meant to be one of his, one, be one of films, fave, uh, one of his best films. And he's someone who I've always wanted to, I've downloaded his films and never got around to watching them. And what's that one called? Sorry, Love Streams. Love Streams. I think it was his penultimate film, meant to be one of his most polished and one of his best. Okay. Well, the ball's in your court. What would you have picked? What would be your top three? Um, okay. Well, because I want to read Under the Volcano, I probably wouldn't pick that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think Toxic Avenger would be my bag because mm-hmm. the whole B film, B movie thing mm-hmm. doesn't really appeal to me. Mm-hmm. Big, Avest- big, big Estevez fan. I'd put that mm-hmm. in my three. Cassavetes, love, love the guy. So I'd probably say mm-hmm. Reaper Man, Love Streams, or uh, Killing Fields. Do you know what film I've already chosen that I've already decided before tonight? Toxic Avenger. I want to watch Love Streams. Oh, Cassavetes. Fantastic. Yeah. What have Have you watched something by him before? Uh, A Woman Under the Influence. Right. Yeah. Our good friend Jim Davidson said that was good, a good film. Yeah, well, I think I, yeah, I was there as well. And... Shall I just clarify for less listeners that we don't mean Jim <laughs> Davidson, the the comedian, James Davidson, the author. Yeah, who yeah. I, I remarkably like Peter Capaldi's uh, character in this film. I'd, I'd argue. Yeah, similar. Similar mannerisms. Similar physicality. Mannerisms. Yeah, 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 yeah. Perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, I'm glad you wanted to watch that film. I think we should watch that then. Fantastic. All right, well, um, yeah. for the listener, uh, same time next week, and um, yeah. we haven't really got a, a catch. We haven't really got a catchphrase, have we, to sign off? We should have like a catch, a pithy catchphrase uh, to sign off. A catchphrase. Um, what about what about a metaphor that has helped you? An aphorism. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's helped you in life. About this. We all share the same skies. Yeah, yeah. And at this point, you play that track by the Cribs or a cover version if it's too expensive. Yeah. Hi. Hi there, listener. Uh, Sam here. Uh, cards on the table time. Um, we couldn't... Love streams doesn't stream, it turns out. So... Um, Next week we will actually be discussing uh, Repo Man, the Estevez joint. Um, so it'd be great if you can watch watch along and uh, join us for next week's episode, 1984, Repo Man. Thanks. Thanks. Bye.